creativelyanddeliberately.com, a podcast where we will discuss how to creatively and deliberately make choices that give life meaning. I am your host, Annette Hansen. This podcast will be where I creatively express myself and I will deliberately acknowledge God in the details of life. My goal is to make this a space where we can all creatively show curiosity to ourselves and others as we deliberately act with compassion. Is that easy? No, but definitely worth pursuing. So thanks for joining me. In this episode, I'd like to go into the topic of emotional intelligence. First, it's good to note that feelings are mental and can't be measured or analyzed in a medical lab, but emotions are quantifiable. Okay, let's get started. I don't know about you, but I absolutely loved the Disney movie Inside Out. Seriously, wasn't that the best movie? Don't tell me you haven't seen it. It is a must-see. I especially like when it showed how the mother and the father each had their own emotional minds that were programmed to help them deal with their specific lives. Their personal preferences were the best. I still laugh at the immediate anger reaction for the dad and the escape into some romantic fantasy world for the mom. It's a nice reminder that we all have our own thought systems and our own automatic coping skills that we've adopted. Life isn't in the same context for all of us, yet we can relate to each other because we all get to experience the same emotions. Maybe not at the same time or for the same reason, but we all know how to relate to the five emotions that were acted out as characters in this movie. Joy who loves excitement. Then disgust. We all have automatic like and dislike gauges. Then there's anger, fear, and sadness. We could easily add love, surprise, and shame to the list. But for this podcast, let's just focus briefly on the ones introduced in the movie. First, let's agree that our emotional minds have a trigger that is activated much quicker than the rational executive mind, and that it can hijack any analytical thinking because of its ability to make split-second decisions that are aimed in keeping us alive. It used to be eat or be eaten. Our emotional minds are a radar for danger, and that part of us hasn't changed even though our survival needs have. Snap judgments that we make from an emotional state can easily be misinterpreted, so we have to be aware of these impulsive reactions. Additional to this instant first impression we get, We also have second thoughts about what's going on that can release feelings and emotions just from our fussing over how we will choose to interpret each event in our lives. So I'd like to talk about the unknown first. The unknown in life can easily be viewed as a big threat, or any change for that matter, where we overestimate the outcome. We can easily go into crisis mode when our comfort zone status is interrupted because we're creatures who naturally like certainty and security. Think of how accurately the character fear was shown in this movie. I immediately jump into the worst case scenarios, like I mentioned in the last podcast. Seeing the worst case scenario personified 
helped me to see how unrealistic my assumptions in life really can be, yet it's so impulsive for me. I guess at times I tend to think of the mystery of the future as if it's going to be a tragic thriller where very few survive in the end. Crazy. I need to slow down and look at all the options that are introduced in situations instead of all of the obstacles. Again, like I said before, because of our negative bias, we can easily overestimate threats and underestimate our options. Reactive extremes can easily be referred to the all or nothing thinking or black and white thinking. How many times do you let these impulses take over? The paradox about calling it the all or nothing thinking or the black and white thinking is that they aren't really thinking at all because we are slipping into the reflexive state where we aren't asking ourselves, how can I learn from this situation? Therefore, focusing more on the problem than the solution. Another thing in this movie we provided for me was a big panoramic view of how humans easily think that we should only have joy or excitement operating in our lives. Yet we are multi-dimensional beings with many systems in place. We like our trains of thought that get us from one idea to the next. Our core memories that are the foundation of our personalities and beliefs and our core values that help operate our life experience so we feel fulfilled. And of course, we can't forget our defense mechanisms that are really just there to serve us. Life isn't fully realized and appreciated without experiencing sadness or grief or any other negative emotion. Our negative emotions are just as necessary as the positive and happy ones because they help balance us out and bring harmony. What is harmony in this sense? In my opinion, it's combining the good and the bad into a big picture that makes all things whole. Did you know that empathy wouldn't even be available to us without first feeling a big array of emotions? Once we've felt a variety of emotions, then we're able to relate better to others. So here's a question for you. Do we need others in our lives? Absolutely. We weren't meant to be islands. We're not solitary creatures. We're wired for social connection. Within our brains, we have the limbic system that generates our ability to relate to others. Did you know that emotions are really triggers for action? Science has shown how the full hit of emotion is temporary. So minutes, not hours. And their purpose is also we are motivated into some sort of action. Learning to understand the message emotions are trying to teach us can allow us to appropriately progress forward if only we can get curious about them and if we don't resist them. Noting how you feel can lead to understanding of its source. Calling it what it is can help dealing with it. Labeling it is what we could say. In the Inside Out movie, if Riley would have said she was sad, she could have addressed the thoughts and feelings that came from this particular emotion. Now, I know this is a kid's show and that it takes maturity to pinpoint emotions, but teaching our children how to recognize their emotions will only help with fostering emotional intelligence about how to handle their emotions and their messages. Sadness comes from a sense of loss. 
So we can easily see that Riley felt like she was losing out on friendship and all the memories and the things back home. Here is some paradoxical thinking. Can there be any positives that come from a negative emotion? If you're sad, can that say something about what you hold close to your core? Could this really mean that Riley in this movie was sad because at the core, she wanted to be safe and included? This emotion could show that she wants to be a team player who wants to contribute in life, but just doesn't know how in this new situation. How about feeling fearful? Couldn't it reveal something positive about her as well? Like she's wanting to get things right in life? Could this mean she has determination? This amazing technique of seeing the core value held within an individual by flipping the negative emotion into its positive effect is practiced by Dr. David Burns, the feeling good doctor. He has an awesome podcast that demonstrates this. You should take a listen. I've heard that accounting for both the good and the bad is what brings harmony in our lives, and it allows us to have compassion for ourselves and others. However, by trying to suppress the sadness that Riley had, the emotion shifted into hurt and then into bitterness, then finally landing in anger. Feeling hurt also comes from a feeling of loss. We are mentally built to function in groups. And when that sense of being devalued or discredited can then lead to this emotion. Leaning into these emotions that zap us is much better than staying stuck in that sour mood where we don't show up as our best selves. There was nothing wrong with the emotions that Riley felt in the movie. It's hard to move to a new area no matter what age you're at. What she felt was appropriate for the circumstance. We don't want our minds to think something has gone wrong when we feel a certain way. So trusting that your emotions are there for your best interest helps the emotions to be processed. Their call to action might be in encouraging you to change your perspective or your behavior or to embrace change. Let them be your teacher, treating your emotions as a special aid in helping you reach your potential will allow you to grow and improve. When we're curious about why we feel the way we do, we open a door to solving the present challenge. Here are five questions you can ask yourself to help cultivate curiosity and openness in any situation. Number one, what am I believing to feel this way? Number two, what can I learn from this? Number three, what would I be willing to do to create a solution right now? Number four, What do I really want to feel? Number five, what would I have to think in order to feel the way I want? If we apply these questions to Riley in this movie, they would look like this in her words. Question number one, what am I believing to feel this way? That my new life here isn't going to be as great as my life back home? No one will like me here? I'm not good enough to be in this area? Because look, I can't even play hockey? I won't like anything in this strange new area that has different foods and different people. We will see the evidence for the thoughts that we entertain. Never forget that the evidence will always be there. Question number two. What can I learn from this? That I can do hard things. I can still love the same things as I did before, but now I can learn to try and like new things, like new foods, and I can get to know new people. 
I can still be in touch with my friends back home and we can share our different experiences together. Everything will work out. Question number three. How will I handle my sadness and sense of loss now? A sense of loss is natural and it's okay to feel sadness for moving. I can lean on my parents for support as I learn to accept my new life. Together we can plan for new adventures and making new memories. And God is always there if I pray for help in adjusting. Number four, what do I really want to feel? This is a big one. We can ask this question in all aspects of our life. For Riley, she could decide to feel happy and excited for her new opportunities. To feel that way, she could answer the last question with a specific definition of what happy and excitement looks like to her. Defining how we want to feel and what we want in life is a vital step to empowering our lives. Remember, we get to decide what's important to us. When we channel through our emotions like this, we gain confidence that we can handle any emotion that comes our way because we've handled them with intelligence. Our self-awareness and self-assessment will help us manage our emotions. We need to also learn how to be intelligent socially by using empathy, showing respect and tolerance for others through communication, and building rapport because ultimately that is how we are going to feel the most joy when we share it with others. Join us in episode 7 where we'll discuss P in the STEPS model for proactive progress. And thanks for listening. Creativelyanddeliberately.com